Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Daily Dose of Tech podcast. Uh, in today's episode, we'll be talking about some 3D printed related things, uh, particularly uh, more of you know the entry level upgrades and uh, the tuning side of things when it comes to software and uh, slicing related things. But uh, just before this episode starts, I'd like to say I apologize if I don't seem as energetic as usual. It's a bit of a late night for me. I'm trying to change my sleeping schedule, so. Um, I had a lot of stuff going on, so uh, anyways, um, I'm also catching up on all of the uh, video editing and audio editing, so expect normal upload uh, schedule. We're getting right back into the actual flow of things this time. Uh, so yeah, let's dive right into this episode, and we'll start by talking about our Slicer software. Yeah, so um, the Slicer software that both Josh and I use for our printers is Cura. It's, it's a really good software. It's super easy to use. Um, it's made by Ultimaker, which is a 3D printer uh, manufacturer. And it's got a lot of the settings that you, uh, you know, are less common, but you might need. But it also has a lot of settings that are, uh, you know, pretty obscure that you won't really see a lot. And before yeah, we get definitely. further into Cura, just to let you know what a slicer actually does. Um, a slicer basically takes an STL file, usually STL, there are other types of files, but almost all the time it's an STL, and it turns it into G-code, so that you're, which is a file your 3D printer can understand. And in that slicing software, you can usually do things like rotate the print, change you know, support structure, make the print bigger or smaller. So that's basically where you... You know, take the file that you want, let's say you're printing a dog, and, you know, you choose what filament you're using, what, uh, you know, like the size of it, what the orientation. Right, it's really what changes it into a G-code file that your printer can understand. Right. Um, so, yeah, Cura is just a really, really good software, and I would definitely recommend it to any of y'all who are looking at getting a different or your first slice of software. It's also free. Yeah, um... So when it, when it comes to such softwares, there's quite a few different ones. I'm not familiar with uh, all of them. I'm perfectly, and the reason I'm not familiar with all of them is because I'm perfectly happy with Cura. Um, there are some paid versions out there that I know can offer more detailed uh, options, but uh, for the average user, um, you know, I have a very common printer, the Ender 3. <laughs> um, Cura, Cura works just fine for me. Um, but I just wanted to talk about some certain details of Cura that you should, um, especially when you have a new printer that you should be looking at. Um, so I think the first first one is obviously filament, right? Yeah. Uh, that's what you're printing with. So, um, you know, I've, you know, this is this is some entry level stuff, but when you open up Cura, you have the option to choose different types of filaments up in the the top. Um, so if, if you're planning on printing with TPU, for example, you're going to want to change the profile for TPU over PLA. It'll right. save you um, a lot of the pain because um, it, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it um, it'll save you a lot of time too. Is really what I mean, uh, frustration because yeah. it it also you know there's people who have done a lot of testing already, so right. it'll be something that's definitely um that'll work out some of those fine details that you're not going to have to figure out yourself with a custom preset um, or if you're set on PLA but you're tuning all these settings for TPU. So uh, just make sure you, you choose the type of filament you're using. If you're using a very common uh, brand of filament, uh, the cool thing about Cura is that you can also add actual brands of filament, which allows... Um, which allows you to set cuss like uh, presets for that exact brand. So right. you're going to get better settings for that brand. It optimizes and, uh, Basically. Right, I've uh, I've looked at it a little bit. Usually, I just look at the recommended settings online. But um, when I've looked at it, uh, 
they have like this little store and you can look up brands and uh, plug it in to Cura. So that's that's really helpful. Uh, I think that's cool, especially if you um, just want to make sure uh, you, you don't have to start the print three times to make sure it actually works. Um, so that's something to be looking at. Um, uh, yeah, so when it comes to filament, though, um, I know that there are on the internet lots of uh, just presets for... Or, or or here's the recommended settings for PLA, right? Usually it's 210 on the hot end and 60 degrees on the bed, right? Um, so, but I, but if I were you, I would fiddle around with it a little bit. Uh, at least on my Ender three, I have found that my the, the best the settings that work the best for me is 210 on the hot end and 50 degrees on the bed uh, for PLA. Um, now, I recently upgraded to a glass bed, and nothing changed for me when it came to temperature settings, which is really nice. Um, so that didn't affect anything, but um, it, it kind of just depends. I, I know on uh, Grayson's 3D printer, his old CR10, he definitely did it on some hotter temperatures than I did, especially yeah. with the bed. I think he did it from 60 to 65. So mm -hmm. just fiddle around, see what works for you. Um, I recommend there's lots of prints online uh, that is made just for testing your bed adhesion or whatever. Um, and that they'll just do squares around for a little bit. So maybe just run a couple tests and see, you know, is it sticking perfectly fine everywhere? You know, push it with your finger a little bit. Uh, there's honestly not a whole lot to say about filament. Uh, just that it's worth putting the time into kind of fine-tuning it. So it's super easy when you just want to click start print and you can go, you know. Right. Um, and kind of adding on to that, you know, everyone every printer is going to be a little bit different. So number one, where you live, like altitude and humidity has a huge effect on that. So, you know, I live a decent amount higher, uh, altitude wise than Josh does. So, you know, that could, that could have had an effect on it. Uh, it also depends, you know, each filament, you have to keep in mind, there's not like a set recipe for PLA. So all filament is slightly different, even if it's all PLA. So you take two brands, you know, brand X and brand Y, you know, brand X has 50% of this, brand Y has 45% of it. That's a dramatic example. But, right. you know, it's like, uh, it's like baking. If you bake a cake mix, you know, and you start from scratch, obviously one cake's going to have a little bit more of one thing than, than another simply because, you know, human error or the, you found the recipe works better that way. So each, you know, I've, uh, depending on brands, I think I've had a difference of, I printed this one brand of PLA. For some reason, it was printing very low temp like i was printing like 195 and then another brand i was printing at like 220 same printer same more or less conditions atmospherically so you know you really do have to test that so i definitely recommend doing some test prints and going on forums and seeing what other people uh have you know noticed about that and then back on like choosing filament for cura it really it just optimizes it so i found that uh my filament i was using a pretty obscure brand of filament just because it was cheap this was a couple of years ago and i didn't very have very much money for filament um so i would you know try it but uh, always be prepared that it won't work um and definitely when you're doing these test prints stay close because i've had some pretty nasty problems from either human error or <sighs> mechanical yeah. error like i remember one time i was printing a uh I even printed. I was printing a wing, um, just a model wing, and I left it overnight with completely new print settings and new filament. And I woke up the next day, and it had all gotten jammed in the uh, hot end, and there was a glob about this big on the hot end. I mean, it was, it was terrible. Worst, yeah. <laughs> worst failure of my printer yet. Or yeah, this is my old printer that I sold. But um, so definitely, 
look into that and do some tests with that when you're nearby and you have time to watch it. Make sure your right. attention is focused because that's definitely more of like a danger to your printer than just normal right. prints, normal settings, etc. Okay, so um, kind of moving on to the next thing. I don't actually have a ton to say about this uh, just because there's not a lot to be said, but I would like to just talk a little bit about supports. Um, supports are something that when I used to take a 3D printing class way back when. Uh, I didn't have a printer, and it was just some fun little class I did, but uh, we, we got the chance to like model our own things and some very simple mod uh, modeling software online. And um, uh the the print I had had a lot of supports and it was a real pain to get the supports <laughs> out. Um, supports are probably the thing that I despise the most about all three D prints. Amen uh, to that. <laughs> that. They're so they're so annoying. Um, but well, they can be. <laughs> right, they can be. After this, they won't be though. Uh, so so the default is the zigzag pattern. Uh, this is usually fine. Um, you know. The, Sometimes the grid, uh, the grid pattern can be better for like square objects just because they're a little bit easier to remove. But that zigzag is going to be able to support pretty much everything you're printing. Um, you can, you know, if you want, you can always um, extend, extend the length of each side so that the zigzags aren't so tight, um, making it easier to remove. But in general, you, you're probably going to have to do some sanding afterward, mm -hmm. um, which makes it extremely frustrating. Um, Something recently that I've been using is the experimental feature in uh, Cura called Tree Supports, which I've actually really been loving. Um, it's b basically from the bottom up, it, it, it builds up and then curves out. So there's a lot less filament used, and it's also much easier to remove. I, the thing that my webcam is sitting on right now actually is also a headphone stand, and uh, I printed it with a... Um, a with a tree support, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's an overhang. Um, and all I had to do is just pop it off like that. It was super easy. Um, the underside of the ha hangover had no sanding needed. The only part I needed sanding was at the base where it curved up a little bit. Just because the supports were so thin, I wasn't able to just snap it off. Um, but if you got tall ones, I really recommend checking out the su tree supports. It's called experimental, but it doesn't feel that way. It really feels like it works. So I would recommend yeah, that. Yeah, um, and... But... Just doubling on that, it looked like I've had some painful prints. I mean, prints where I've spent hours taking, and I legitimately mean hours, like not an exaggeration. I've spent, you know, two or three hours removing yeah. the zigzag and sanding it, and it's still, like, it's still just ingrained in it. You can see it. Um, I've never personally used the tree support, but I went, uh, we were working on his printer a couple days ago, and I saw it, and it was like, like it was like eureka moment i mean it was awesome it was, right it's it was i cannot wait until it's because, official you know on these smaller prints when you've got just you know let's say you're building like a i don't know let's say you're printing a t right like a legitimate just t um mm -hmm. you know it's not that bad because you can take it off but when it's like for example i was printing a cube uh that basically the middle was hollowed out and there was support in the middle and it was like right. it was so hard to get out with this you could just take like a toothpick and just pop it out i mean it was it's awesome. Definitely right, try yeah. it because this could save I mean, you like, hours. Right. For anyone on YouTube, you can kind of see this print I have here. It used to be a some sort of tablet holder, but e even today, after I did some sanding and stuff, the underside still has that zigzag, like embedded into it. Um, and this tree support left almost no marks on my headphone stand. So I do recommend it. Uh, super awesome. Yeah. Let me go actually grab a print. I've got a print right behind me that shows this. I'll be right back. Yeah. Cool.
so if you see real quick, this is just a better example. Sorry if you're not on YouTube. Um, let's see. I don't know if, well, let's see. Hold on. See, if you look on this side, you can see basically the scars almost from the zigzag. So it's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's pretty bad. Like there's some parts, let's see, here it's really, really rough. And you can see like right there, it's a great example of the zigzag. And it just never came off. I've sanded this cube for hours and it's just, it's never going to be any better. So. Right. Yeah. So. Anyways, that's pretty much all there is to say about it, but I just, uh, I wanted to highlight on that experimental feature because it's super cool. Mm -hmm. If you want if you don't know how to enable it, all you gotta do is go into your custom preset in Cura for, uh, printing or slicing, and then in the search bar, you just search up, um, tree support, and it'll show experimental, and you just click check. It'll disable your regular supports, but don't panic. It, it's just saying regular supports are disabled. Now we're using right. tree support. So, so that's how it works. Yep. Right. And if you can't so, figure that out, just look it up on YouTube. I mean, there are probably right. a super million easy, tutorials on how to do it. Yeah. Um, but moving on to adhesion. This is really quick, really simple. Um, Kira offers three options. There's brim, skirt, and raft. The only one that I would never use is raft. I've. It's just a waste of filament in my opinion but a uh, a brim is just kind of a circle around the object a raft is a physical layer under it and a skirt is kind of it's a skirt i mean <laughs> it's what it is but right these just help adhere to the bed so that your print's a little bit less wobbly i would definitely say if you're gonna print um something really really small maybe use a skirt or a brim don't use a raft it's just a waste of filament but skirts and brims are semi-helpful i don't use them once i've got a printer dialed in but when you're trying to tune it and figure out and you just need to get something off you know skirts and brims can be pretty useful right uh i'd just like to say a couple things um i've noticed when i'm printing very small things i was printing um some clips for uh, attaching the wires onto the rails of my printer to kind of clean up the wiring um i i had to print them on my on the side right because i was printing it with another print so i needed to save some space um, and, and one of those fell over during the print. So that's where a skirt might be helpful. Um, and while you said never use a raft, that's almost always true because they're usually a pain. Um, but there are very, very few, but certain cases that's where it fair, might be yeah. useful. For example, there's this, um, there's this modification that we'll actually be talking a tiny bit about later, um, that, that goes onto your hot end to improve some cooling on the Ender 3. But this attachment is very vertical, and it's got a lot of arches, and it, and it often falls over during printing. So there you might want a raft uh, as a base to keep it very rigid. Even though it is more of a use of filament, right. it'll keep it there, so you don't have to keep redoing the print. I would say only use a raft if you're printing something very, very skinny and very tall, like you know a toothpick yeah. that's the same width as a toothpick but twice as tall. Because any thicker, like if you're printing something like a pen, right, you know, something like that, it'll support itself. You don't need a raft for the most part, unless it's like a really unstable printer or something like that, if you're using like a $100 printer. You know, the, that's what yeah. you might expect. But on any decent printer, like even a fairly inexpensive printer, like a Ender 3, not a bad printer, but not, you know, $900 printer. Uh, it's a budget it's printer. It's a good printer, yeah. but <laughs> another topic. Um, you should be able to do that pretty easy. Yeah. Um, so moving on, we've just got some printer settings. Um, this is pretty... I'm, I'm not going to be able to like tell you what to do here um, because it really depends on the type of printer you have and the modifications you put on your printer. For example, I have a BL Touch or any bed leveling system, uh, actually, or bed leveling probe, excuse me. Um, you're going to want to add the G29 command into your uh, actual printer settings. So 
you're going to want to put that before G28, which is auto home. So to level your bed, then auto home, then start the print so that your print starts off all nice and you don't have any issues throughout the print. Um, that's only if you have an auto bed leveling probe though. Um, and I think if I'm not wrong, the G29 command will only work if you have Marlin installed because obviously yeah. the only thing that supports those probes is Marlin. And obviously some, some higher end printers come with a BL touch installed mm -hmm. with their software that supports it. But I, I'm just talking usually most people use Marlin. Um, so, you know, if you've got a stock Ender right. three and you're manually leveling the bed, don't even worry about it. Um, when it comes to other printer settings, uh, for example, like the slicing settings, uh, these are just convenience things. Like I have found out that my printer prints PLA best on 210 and 50 for yeah. the bed, right? So I have set those in my slicing, right? Because defaults is just whatever's recommended. So I've set it to always be that whenever I'm printing PLA. So it just saves me time. I used to have to go into tuning on my 3D printer and then change everything with that really annoying knob. <laughs> and then wait so pain. now i can i, I know yeah oh. now you can kind of just press start and all of your settings will go through saves you a lot of time um yeah i mean so these are just some general ones uh depending on the printer you have i'm sure you can look up some great settings online but i just recommend looking at that that's really what i want to say right um so now moving on to some upgrades and these are pretty basic upgrades most of these would be for budget printers you know a lot of higher end printers or you know closer to the maybe $400, $500 mark printers would have some of these features installed, but these are some things that would be nice um, specifically for, you know, the Ender 3, but also a lot of other similar printers. The Ender 3 is a great printer to talk about because it's such, it's the most common 3D printer in the world right now. Um, like, I would say easily a tenth of the people who have 3D printers, it's either an Ender 3 or like an Ender 3 Pro. But uh, the first one, and I think Josh just did this, so I'll uh, give this give this over to you in just a second, but is a glass bed. So the original CR, or excuse me, CR-10S, that's what I had. Um, <laughs> the original Ender 3 has a, it just has kind of a, uh, not even a, not a sandpaper surface, but kind of a gritty surface for the uh, prints to stick, which is really nice for some filaments uh, just because it helps them stick. But it leaves a kind of a rough, uh, a rough bottom. Whereas a glass bed, uh, A, it doesn't expand as much under heat. So if you're really heating up your bed to, I don't know, 60 or maybe 70, uh, it'll, it won't flex or bend as much. But also, it's, um, it'll have really, really cool, like clean-looking uh bottom so it'll look almost almost injection molded to some extent because it's the glass gives it a really smooth finish yeah um the biggest thing i wanted to talk about is while i would consider this an upgrade it some people wouldn't um for me the glass bed will is an upgrade. Uh, I find that printing PLA is easier for me on glass. I have a higher success rate, um, and it, it cleans up my prints. I also, it okay. I just installed the glass bed today, but um, <laughs> all of the prints I've done flawless right off the start, and they're still going right now. Um, but um, the like printing TPU, I have high hopes for that on the glass bed. Uh, the one I have is made by Creality 3D, and it's got some pores in it. So it's not like the glass bed that came with the CR-10S that you'd have to put tape over. Uh, otherwise, I would never have gone with it because that's just too much of a pain, in my opinion. Uh, and one of the big motivations, for me at least, um, and I don't know if I would recommend this to everyone 
who doesn't have a bed leveling probe. But for me, since I don't have to adjust the right, because if you have a stock under three, you have to adjust the Z uh, end stop right. uh, when you put the glass bed on because it's thicker, obviously, right? So uh, zero uh, Z level zero is going to be different. Um, but but if you have uh, like a a leveling probe like I do. I can just swap the beds out whenever I want and then click level the bed and the and the probe will find right. where Z0 is. So if I'm printing with maybe ABS, for example, I'd probably want to print on that gritty surface. Um, and I, all I have to do is take the clips off, swap the bed, and click le level the bed because the uh, BL Touch will do it for me. So it's a lot more convenient in my case. Um, and the, the glass bed was cheap. So um, I'm almost always printing in PLA and sometimes TPU. But if I wanted to print that other stuff, I just pop the stock bed on. Um, so yeah. And then uh, to kind of sum up this episode, I'd just like to mention a couple things I've done with my printer that um, you can do on the Ender 3, but there's also ones made for the CR10 and your Prusa or, or whatever. Um, but uh, like, for example, there's a lot of different extruder add-ons you can um, do. Uh, for example, I had one that fixed um, some problems people usually have trying to print TPU on the Ender 3 with a with it globbing up, it kind of just made a, a tighter fit yep. against the two gears so that it couldn't come up. Um, I had fan covers. Uh, unfortunately, there's a little bit of a design fallout with the Ender 3 where uh, a fan is right next to the bed, so <laughs> if any filament scraps go, it'll go directly into that fan. So, so I just annoying. printed a cover for that. Annoying. Right. Uh, and then this is specifically for the Ender 3, but a lot of people have this, so I thought I'd mention it. Uh, there's a great Z-axis fit. If you didn't know, the, uh, the Z-screw is closer on the bottom side of the printer than it is at the top, meaning that over a long period of time, that screw can start to bend. Uh, so this will just give it a little, like a millimeter more of space to even it out all the way. Um, for, for most printers, you'll have more options for hot end uh, cooling, um, just because they don't always design that super perfectly in the factory. For the Ender 3, there's a lot of really great upgrades too. Uh, with what you already have, you don't have to add any new fans. You can make cooling better, right? Um and then I just wanted to mention about BL Touch and Marlin. Um, when it comes to BL Touch and Marlin, this shouldn't be something you're intimidated about. There's a lot of videos on YouTube talking about how you have to use Arduino and you have to code. Um, and and while yes, putting all that stuff in is a way to do it, there are simpler ways to do it. For example, this is the if you're looking for one upgrade that's obviously not 3D printed. Um, best bang for your buck i recommend buying the skr mini e3 yeah. board for your ender 3 or uh, i know it supports some other printers but it but it smooths three things out it's a 32-bit board rather than the 8-bit board that you get um stock and there are so many compiled versions of marlin and bl touch for the skr mini literally all i had to do i could skip all the arduino stuff <laughs> i could put I, I went online i downloaded the firmware.bin file put it on an sd card flashed it to the board. It, it was as simple as that. And I had to do nothing else because people compile it. Uh, Big Tree Tech, which is the company that makes this board, yeah. also has their own GitHub made for the BL Touch and the SKR Mini E3. So if you want to do BL Touch, but you're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to figure all Coding. this Arduino stuff out ah. and put it on the board. And, <laughs> and, and I understand. That was the last thing I wanted to do when I saw the video online. It was like a 40 minute video, and I was like, ugh. Yeah. Um, 
So the SKR Mini made that super easy. And even if you don't have a BL Touch, the SKR Mini makes your printer quieter, smoother. You're going to get better print qualities and just better all around. Um, you'll, you'll feel the UI move a little bit faster. I remember on the stock board, it would like skip. I know Grayson had this problem on his uh, his CR10 where like you would you would turn it and nothing would happen. Or you would turn it, it would delay, and then it would go down yeah, four menus. So, so it, it, it fixes some of those things. So if there's one thing you want to upgrade... Um, that you're not printing, you want to pay a little bit to get a little bit better, I would recommend that SKR Mini. Right, and then just to close this episode out, because it's a little bit longer than normal, there are also a ton, and I mean like a ton, of just 3D printable upgrades you can do that are kind of quality of life. Um, for example, you know, you could print like a, uh, you could print um, clips for your like electronics so that it keeps your all your wires in place so they don't just you know get in the print and stuff like that or like uh fan covers or toolkits for your printer so just look it up on thingiverse thingiverse has like yeah i mean if you just look up ender 3 you'll find so many upgrades upgrades. (laughs) anyway yeah. Uh, closing this episode out just to uh kind of a little sneak peek especially for y'all on youtube because this will only be on youtube in the near future hopefully in the next maybe two weeks or something like that, hopefully before school starts, fingers crossed. Um, I'm just <laughs> getting an Ender 5 Plus, and I'm planning on doing some upgrades with that, and we're also going to do some filament, not really reviews, but kind of pros and cons, so we'll probably get some PLA, maybe some ABS, TPU, maybe PTFE or NinjaFlex, something like that. Um, and with his Ender 3 and my Ender 5 Plus, we'll A, test some filaments out, try different extruders with different filaments, and then I'm also going to be upgrading my uh, the stock Ender 5 Plus extruder to a Titan, E3D Titan, the uh, hot end to an E3D V6. That's going to be really dope. And the, motherboard to, and the motherboard and drivers, just so it's a lot quieter and a lot faster. So it's look for that video, maybe printer. an hour-long video. It'll be more of a video than a podcast, but it'll be a lot of fun. Um, you'll get to see us kind of outside the podcast yeah, because yeah it's something we can do when we're not sitting at our desk yeah so I think and in be, case you so can't tell we're fun. not two guys who come over and have a serious discussion about tech i mean you'll get to see us <laughs> kind of goof off and you know there'll be a lot of uh let's edit that out but we won't actually edit it out moments because you know we want to show you for the most part unedited footage without the exception of a little cleaning up we don't want it to be like you know oh we said the wrong word once let's restart the whole episode so anyway that's just to uh you know get y'all ready for that hopefully get y'all excited please 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 really this really helps us out go check out our discord we only have a couple people in our discord and we're really trying to grow that it's in link in the description below please subscribe if you're on youtube um you know leave us a comment we really want to get some feedback and thank you so much for watching